Welcome to episode 489 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, take welcome along to episode 489 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James. Oh, how you going, mate? I'm good. I'm ready for a good show. Why is that? Well, we've had lots of interviews later. Back to a traditional show today. Back to back to back to tradition. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very good to hear. Yep. How are you? Um, well, we did get a good Facebook message from someone giving us a bit of crap. Uh, good old uh, Nathan McKelligot, I'll say. He's going, uh, well done on the cricket. I mean, well done on the rugby. How about the cricket? How about the netballs? Well, we took them down the netball. The oh, they, won, they won by aggregate. Yeah, but we won the last two games. Yeah, true. Which is big for us because it's in the Kalanis and netball. We're just letting your Aussies into a little false sense of security. Give you the first test. Yeah. It smashed it. They killed us in the cricket too. We didn't even put up any fight, did we? Not really. No. I took us proudly brought to you by... Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Galactic buffer. And our team of patrons. Team of patrons. That sounds like a, the team of patrons. Who are they, Jumbo? Adam, the Crazy Legs Fox. So Angus, the Wild Bill Boyd. Luke, the Engine. Now, I wasn't sure what Luke's surname was because I only ever came back from with his email address. But I'm going to go with Goodwin. Okay. Luke, if it's you, tell us your surname if it's not that. Adam, Ferocious Ferret Hodgson. And Richard, Speedwalker Swan. Or Swanny Noah. <laughs> okay, team, in this week's news, we've got a bit of news. We've got an age grouper. Oh, no, we haven't. We haven't done that in a while, have we? Well, so I put a post on Facebook. We need some more age groupers oh, of the week. On, age groupers shaping up. We have some statistic. We've got a coach's corner. We got a little, I'm, I'm taking some content from one of our interviewees lately on deep water running and also just a little segment on deep de- water dealing, running. dealing deep water with. Running or just pool running? Oh, you can call it whatever you like, Bevan. Deep water running. Because when you go under the water, and you, you run along completely the submerge yourself. You yeah. tie these weights to your ankles and you run along the bottom of the pool. It's like rocky. And also just a little segment on dealing with uh, disappointing races because someone around here had one recently. Don't know who it was. Just Adam Fox, who was one of our patrons there, is going over to Ultraman. And I've got to make sure I keep an eye on that date. Ultraman Which Hawaii one? is on the 27th to 29th of November coming up. Well done, Adam. Good luck. Mm. John I've got a good photo for you. This is going to be this week's photo. Watch this. Watch this. Watch. Wait a second. Okay, watch. Someone's at a pool. It's, okay, it's not really a photo. It's more of a video. <coughs> okay, and he's... Throwing a swim cap. Look at yeah. that. Oh, that is That impressive. is sensational. John, you need to talk for a second because I need to cough. Right. <coughs> We're going to start this week's show with a sensational new race that's come that up. Came it's out of nowhere, didn't it? It did, because I've been watching the ITU stuff this year and a little bit of long course, and you've seen this Island House sponsor on Gwen Jorgensen's top. You obviously see a lot of her racing. I'm like, what is the Island House? And I did have a look a little while ago, and it's um, it's basically a, just a little resort in the Bahamas somewhere. Is it a, is it a private island, or is it a... Uh, no, no. It's a resort, is it? It's a place you can holiday. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. There's golf courses and stuff there. And then all out... All Very small island, but basically like two, two and a half miles wide or something like that. Yeah, I, I did have a quick look this morning, and it's, it looks maybe it's a small island right next to a bigger island. But anyway, it's a, it's a it's a little place in the Bahamas, and they had the Island House Invitational Triathlon there last weekend. It was organised uh, by the look of it by Luke McKenzie and his wife uh, Beth 
Goods and congratulations to them and anybody else who was involved in this because this is absolute gold and we need some more innovation in our sport and this was uh, a good step in that direction. So what they did, 10 males, 10 females, you had a bit of a funny mix really between uh, some ITU rock stars and if you were in a couple situation it seemed to enhance your ability to be able to do this race because what was it the night before yeah you know yeah. <laughs> we had the you had the team wurtle uh in there. you had uh rinny and tim o'donnell yep and then you had uh richard murray and his girlfriend uh rachel Klama from from holland and she's great she's a really good athlete and so is richard murray but Richard did pretty well. Oh yeah, yeah, he's sensational. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it seemed to enhance your ability. So it was 10, 10 males, ten females. A to bit get of a in the race, mix. you mean? Yeah, maybe because they were promoting the whole idea of couples on an island. Could be, could yeah, be. Just and it was held over three days, sort of a little bit like uh, the Iron Tour format. Day one, you did a three hundred meter swim, seven k bike, two k run, individual time trial. Day two was a draft legal Olympic. Enduro, so you basically did three triathlons back to back. That I mean, I do the two in the race that I organise, and people struggle with that. Doing three, going into that third swim. So what were the distances? Be, oh, I haven't got that directly in front of me, but I think it was a, it was Olympic distance. So it must have been five hundred, fifteen, three and a half, or something like that. But it took them the same. You know, I think um, Gomez did now fifty, so it was a third of an Olympic. Okay three times over and then the final day was a non-drafting sprint distance race and how you were set off was based off your position so Javier Gomez was in front after those first two races so he had started with a buffer uh, and he basically just had to defend the front of the race and it was non-drafting. So so. I think what happened was that what the lead you got on day one counted for day three. Right. Yeah, so I think Gomez won day one by about 25 seconds mm-hmm. so then he started day three with 25 seconds in front of everyone else. So Good, good money. I mean, that's why they had the top Kahuna's turning up. Gomez took home, uh, took out the race, so he took home sixty thousand dollars plus some some bonuses uh, along the way. And Gwen Jorgensen took out the girls' race. Um, so no great surprises there. But just in terms of the format, if you did have, uh, you know, the top ten guys and girls in the world there, it could be uh, pretty close. Oh, the girls' race was bloody close. Um, it was only seven seconds after day one um, between uh, Lisa Norden and Gwen Jorgensen. So, yeah, it was an uh, awesome format, and uh, I hope we see a bit more of this sort of stuff. It's not it's not like it's brand new, because the Iron Tour has been around for a long time, and that was uh, originally in France. It was sort of a five- or six-day tour, and that really did have big quality fields but if we can see a bit more of the stuff it's just innovative and it's uh, so day two was a complete third split when Mm. it came to the actual race the the thing about it was it was a great field but it was also a bit of a funny field because it was a mix of fast and slow yeah you know what i mean like a long course and short course and really the long course guys were never really going to compete in a race like this and nobody's going to be especially fit at this time of the year, you know. I mean, yeah, obviously true. if they're training for an Ironman stuff, they would be, but the ITU guys are, are smack bang in the middle of their break. I mean, they've, uh, and they don't race again till sort of March time. So, um, yeah, but it's a great way to finish off the season. I'd be really interested to see the, uh, you would assume it's just a big PR stunt and there's going to be some, some great little clips coming out, but I think uh, hats off to those guys for putting out a great race. And, yeah. Well, well totally. Like I think, in some ways, it was a little bit of a missed opportunity. They didn't promote it better beforehand. 
You know, because it was kind of just out of nowhere. You're reading about all these pros coming through, all this racing. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize this was coming on. And so they promoted it a little bit more earlier in advance because everyone would have been excited to, you know, and obviously once it started, but, you know, and, and hopefully it's not just a one-off. And there's nothing else on at this time of the year, so you feed a bit of news out there. I mean, all, all the major websites have got good coverage of it post-event yeah, yeah. now, um, but, but leading up. So on the girls' side of things, you had Gwen Jorgensen take it out overall. Her total time over the three races was 3 hours 27.47. Lisa Norden actually took her out on the, the last day, but uh, not oh, enough. 30 seconds so on the last day. 34. Yeah. Flora Duffy, third. Alicia Kay, Rachel Klamer, Heather Wordle, Rinda Carfrey, Lauren Barnett, to Brad Brandon, old Joycey and Leander Cave was in 10th. Guy's side, he had uh, Gomez take it out by, from a minute 22 from Richard Murray, Tim Don, Cam Dye, Leon Griffin, Ben Hoffman, Luke McKenzie, Trevor Wirtle, uh, Barrett Brandon, and so there's another couple there, Lauren Brandon and Barrett Brandon. That really did help if you're a couple. Yeah. And Tim O'Donnell in 10th place. So nice work, you guys. Yeah, really great, really great. It'll be interesting to see if we see it again next year. Hopefully we do. Mm. Yeah, be awesome if it came a bit of the calendar. Yes. Okay, we had a couple of races. We had Ironman. How's that one? Fortaleza. 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 Age group only. Yep, age group only. Uh, We had a bit of a dojo domination by Francisco Satori Mendez Perez. Uh, Nine hours 14. 23 from Felipe Silvestri. uh, 9.28. And Peter Pinchoff was third 929 it's all brazilians first athlete that was not brazilian was all the way down in eighth place thomas riveria uh, on the girls side of things again um age group only race we had jobo if you're going to do it in ironman again mm-hmm. are you going to choose i know you probably won't because it'd be more based on what's cheap mm. but <laughs> true so but, true but if you had a choice of choosing a pro race or a non-pro race to qualify for kona would you choose if it was similar yeah yep um i would probably go for a non-pro race to be honest yeah because you could almost win it i'd be in contention yeah depending on who else rocks up what sort of shape i'm in so i'd go for a uh well, like a 14 mm. like maybe maybe this is a hard course but it's not that fast mm. so yeah. if i had yeah let's say to say there was ironman auckland there's an ironman race there and it was ironman taupo and uh yeah, if there was nothing else in it, I'd go for the, uh, for the, go for the one. Yeah, well, totally you would, eh? Because mm. you get their glory moment. Mm. So I wonder if, if over time this will dilute some of the pro included races when you look at the age group field, and maybe they will become the easier races to get slots in because people want the glory a bit more. Because you know, like however you say that name, yes, he won an Ironman last weekend. You know, I'm, he's I'm first across you. the line. He had all that kind of experience of winning an Ironman would have been a pretty cool experience. In terms of the qualifying thing, it's it's just going to become such a lottery now. It's just everywhere the numbers are going down in terms of number of slots. So really, you've got to just be winning your age group pretty much, especially if you're a girl. You've basically got to win your age group. Guys in those popular age groups are probably two, uh, two, three, two or three. Yeah. But um, yeah, you've oh, really need to be on the podium. See, probably North America the most is what will happen here in regards to Will the top age groupers end up going to these non-pro races? Because, mm. you know, you do want the glory. Oh, yeah. And far out, if I, in my prime, if I had the ability to choose a race that had a chance of me getting on the podium or winning an Ironman, mm. and, and as, as I've said before, you go back home, 
Nobody knows that the pros went there. Mm. You know, everyone thinks you've won a bloody Ironman. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, it'd be pretty interesting. Waving on the girls. Bevan's making a return. I can, I can see it. I can no. feel it. He's talking up a I big game. I on the weekend, Jomba, so I tell you, I'm coming back. <laughs> uh, the girls, you had Rose Claire Rosta from Brazil take it out in 10.45, 20-minute crushing of Claudia Scaldini from Brazil. Nice work. Uh, we also had Ironman. Florida. Florida. Another edge group race, John. Dan Stubletsky, who... We've interviewed him, haven't we? Yeah, we've interviewed him. Uh, nice guy, and he it's very much sounds like a proper age grouper. Got a job, crushes it in Kona each year. He's, uh, I think he's still in the 35 to 39, and he won it again this year, despite when we spoke to him. And I've seen some posts on Facebook. He's had uh, various troubles with injury, but he just absolutely smoked the bike ride. He's not the greatest swimmer. He swam 106, biked 421, and ran a 302 for an 836 for uh, an 18-minute victory over Jens Muller and Virgilio Di Castello oh, in third place, nine fifteen. As much as he's, he's a, you know, true age grouper, he probably should race pro. It's a pretty good time. Yeah, but Florida's fast, but isn't it? It is, but he is an age grouper. Yeah, I know, but he could probably turn up some races and get he, he he could, but then if he went to Kona or anything like that, he'd just get smoked. Absolutely yeah, smoked. True. Good side of things. Jessica Domello took it out in nine fifty four. Oh, two seconds off a of dojo domination. Oh, really? It's yeah. a killing. 9-14-42, second Lindsay Emerson, uh, and then Carmen Bramer in third place. Okay. Um, Jombo, we also have a couple of races coming up this weekend. Ironman Malaysia's coming along. Good old, few old names are back. Jason Shortus. Uh, is he? What was, that? what was the previous winner that previous, I see? Previous oh, winner. previous winner. Previous. He's someone I should actually get on the Legends show. I do apologise, we didn't have a Legends show in October. It's absolutely my fault. Put my hand up. Responsibility over here, Shut me. Um, but I have got some a few things in the pipelines for this month, so I guarantee we'll have a November Legends of Triathlon. I wonder if Jason Short is still racing. Because he was one of those guys who raced a lot, wasn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he... He was an ex, wasn't he? He raced a lot of yeah. races. Yep. So I don't think he, I don't know if he has the record, but we will find out. We'll get him on Legends at some stage. Old Rhodesy, um, I saw him firing up on Facebook saying to Torsten, "Hey, get with the program. You haven't got my race record on on your website. This is another advert for Athlinks as well because I bet you that's probably not on the Ironman site because Rhodesy won it back in it does now. 2002. He does now. Yeah. Um, but Torsten's only really got the results from 2006 onwards because there was it's been, there's been some hiatuses in Iron, Ironman Malaysia. Uh, so it's back came back in 2006 and then it stopped after 2010. Marino won it then and then it's only just come back last year in 2014. We had Patrick Nielsen take it out in 8:41 and Diana Reiser in 9:26. Whereas Rhodesy's race record is an absolute spanking. Eight ten. That is a good effort. Um, I yes, it was an outstanding effort, and that sort of heat to do an eight ten. That's impressive. This year, um, big field. Got to say, pretty impressive Massive field. Hey, um, why is yeah. this? Like, when was is, is Florida the old race? Was the old pro race where everyone would turn up and validate? Yes, yes. So yeah. now, what's the race that the like the Kona people who have done pretty well? They don't, there doesn't seem to be too many people validating. No, because like in previous years, if you did well in Kona, you turn up to like a Florida, mm. you tick your box, mm. and then, you know, move on to the next year. Mm. Whereas post-Kona, has it been a pro race? I don't think so. So is this the first, maybe this is the first the, the, pro the, race? We, we, we're talking here um, 
Malaysia first. Well, let's go through that, and then we'll have then we'll have a look at Florida. You're getting ahead of yourself, Bevan. Uh, so big field here in Malaysia as well, though. This, this is uh, thirty about thirty seven guys, and it's not you haven't got the the top draw, but you've got some guys. You got Krill. Oh, goodness me, this is a tricky one. Uh, Kochevagov will go with that. That's pretty Est- good. Jim. That's Estonia. pretty good. He's predicted to come in a nine and eight fifty eight, so it's not a fast course. And he's supposed to have a fifty nine second victory over Roman Guillaume, and then Alberto Cassidy is uh, predicted to come in third place. You got Frederick Cronenberg, guys like Paul Ambrose, um, Carl Reed, the the Kiwi, uh, Peter Vrusik's in there. Elliot Holtham, he's won an Ironman race. So some good, good, solid athletes. So good on them on on drawing a really good field. Chris Lee in there as well. Guy Crawford won a race last weekend. Didn't he won seventy point three yeah, Taiwan. Both the Crawfords did. Yes, but yeah. not married. No, no, not at all. Uh, Gilson, I think he's got Diana Riser back to defend. You got Christian Moller, Natasha Badman, Rebecca and Preston, Bree Wee. So again, pretty, pretty decent little field there. Yeah, and again, twenty seven girls. I mean, we've had Ironman races in Australia, female pro races that have had three, three or four yeah. females. So. I mean, this, you know, when you've got pros, uh, females in there d- around that 11-hour expected mark, you know, you maybe question the how hard it is to get a pro slot, and equally on the guys' side of things, when you've got guys who are predicted to come in at uh, you know 10 to 12 hours, you go, hmm, I wonder how hard it is to get your pro card. We've had that argument on other days, but they've got a good little good little field, so good on them, and good luck to everybody racing Malaysia. Yeah, well, based on those predictive times, it could be a really exciting race too, because mm. you've basically got kind of 10 guys just sit around the nine-hour mark. And that's what you kind of want in an exciting race, don't yeah. you? Rather than having a Cameron Brown dojo domination who's 20 minutes off the front, I mean, if you've got, you know, 10 guys within 10 minutes coming off the bike, you can go, this And this is traditionally a really hot race, isn't it? Oh. So we see explosions galore, so Absolutely. it could be really fascinating watch to keep your eye on. Mm. So, yeah. And then also Ironman Arizona, and here we do have a, a good... Really good quality field last year. Brent McMahon uh, did a very impressive 7.55 and Meredith Kessler took it out. And this year, um, Brent McMahon's back to defend, predicted to come in an 8.01.10 off uh, tryrating.com. You've got Jordan Rapp, Mike Twelsick, TJ Tox, and Andrew Starkwitz who did a 70.3 last weekend. I don't know if that's the best preparation. Lionel Sanders. So, uh, good, again, good field and a big pro field. You have... Over over sixty guys racing, so impressive. That's incredible, Jumbo. One one piece of uh, news that we haven't really covered a lot is uh, hold on. Oh, what? We haven't finished with this yet. Oh, sorry. You're just such a sexist pig. (laughs) How is Meredith Kessler sitting back listening to the show, feeling when you haven't even mentioned her name? Sorry. She's she's predicted to come in at eight. I'm sorry. She's predicted to come in at eight fifty-eight. How many how many sub nines did you get, Bevan? Not as many as Meredith. Not as many as has Meredith. Has she done it before? She has. Okay. Well, Meredith, you win. She did it. In fact, she I'm did it. Because I'm a pick, apparently. She did it last year. What was her time last year? She went last year 8.50.41. I, nice. I haven't been that fast either. So, Meredith, you're a bloody legend. Yeah. She's she's one of the best athletes outside of Kona. She's crapped out in Kona every time. Everywhere else, she just crushes it. A great field. You've got um, Julia Geiger, Michelle Vesterby, Heather Jackson. That's a pretty impressive top four. Um, but there is one name of interest and intrigue to see how she goes, and that's going to be Sarah Haskins. She is a former very good ITU athlete, um, doing very well at 70.3s, and uh Almost certain this is her first Ironman. Torsten doesn't have a time for her, so I'm predicting that it is. 
she's a very she won some of those big lifetime fitness races and just those massive big prize checks and very aggressive racer so i predict she's either going to do extremely well or have a really good explosion it's going to go it's going to go two ways She's not going to have an average race. She's an all or nothing jumbo. Yeah. She's that kind of athlete. She has had a number of injury issues, I think. Um, you're right, you're losing your voice. Do you want to grab a drink? No, I'm just going for that husky. Husky. Yeah, a bit sexy, is it? Yeah. Going for hey, Belinda. Hey, hey, Belinda. Yes. So, again, good luck everybody doing Arizona. Um, jumbo, so there's one piece of news. Some, some Something happened in Kona this year. We don't know what happened. Hold on, the new section. Oh, now, now. <laughs> New section, what is it? This Week in Macca. Okay, this, t- tell me the story, John. Well, there's allegations on Instagram. Sonny Garcia, who's he's he's really a, put it he's, out there, he's a he? surfer. Yeah, he's, well, he's a world champion surfer. He's, yeah. like, he's like one of the big names in surfing. Mm. And he went and did Kona this year, didn't he? Mm. Either did this year or last year. He was he was over there doing the 70.3 uh, when I was over there last year. Okay. What did he race last year? Was he a good year? athlete? He didn't, he didn't do as well as I thought he'd do. Okay. He was quite a bit slow. Anyway, he put something out on Instagram. A lot of people in Kona will have heard about this already, but there's allegations that there was a fairly significant altercation involving, um, involving Macca. Involving Macca and a woman. Mm. Um, and basically, Sonny Garcia has really put it out there. Like, you know, like he's kind of saying some pretty kind of mm. massive statements really mm. uh, on our Facebook page we put the link to the Instagram photo that he put up but um, it's it's a very interesting thing like I, I don't know much about it myself no and, not and, right. and it's hard to know much about it but it's it's, a, it's one of those things where it's really interesting how people quickly jump on board and oh, point yeah. their finger now don't get me wrong I know nothing about this and um at the same time, maybe there is something in this, hmm. and I'm sure, hopefully, that if there is, the right people are looking at this in the right way. But you, um, wait, till, you wait till people are guilty or not guilty. I know. It's just or at least there's a, there's a process. Everybody now that looks at Macca, and if he's if he has done the allega- allegations, then fair enough. You yeah. look at him a different way. But now, when we talk to him, you, you are going to look at him differently. And if, if he has, hasn't done anything, you go, it's, it's pretty harsh. Yeah. But if he has, then... Yeah, like, if, yeah, if, if the allegations are true... Well, you know what he'll get will be what he deserves to get, but at the same time, we we just don't know, do we? Mm. And and um, and there is a process, and it's just really interesting nowadays. You know, this kind of social networking, you almost get persecuted before you've done mm. any kind of due process. So, the basic story is something happened. Uh, we're not really sure. We weren't in Kona this year, but apparently it was big big on the street in Kona this mm. year. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll, time will tell if this turns out to be anything. I do think, as as someone who's just on the outside, our job is to more be aware of what's happening mm. instead of making these judgments of a person until you know. Now, if it turns out to be true, well, bloody oats, you know. But when I do say it's this week in Macca, it has been a he's had a very odd year in terms of bad things happening around him. So he had the whole thing with TRS uh, radio going back and forth and then also the, you know, lots of people got questioning challenge, uh, the, the Bahrain 13 yeah. and things like that. So hasn't been a great year for Macca. No, no. And, well, and this, if this is true, then this is going to be pretty massive moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, time will tell. So, um, what is going to be massive though? Oh, is, back it up. Is the I Am Talk deal. You asked me about this last week or the week before, the 10-year anniversary. Yeah, what's it mean? And I, I'm organising another race. Change the date. Change the date. 100 times. 100% now. It's all on like Donkey Kong. April 8th, 9th and 10th in Christchurch. Friday night we'll either <laughs> do a good solid open water swim, 3.8 k's, 
may do the cross harbour. It just depends on what the water temperature is like. Otherwise, it's we'll do it. It's going to be like that time of the year. It'll be fine. I'm, I'm organising a race the week before, so it can't be that bad. Okay. Good luck to you. <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> so we'll swim 3.8k one way or the other. And then on Saturday, we'll do this awesome bike ride to Akarai Return, which is an epically wicked ride got a mixture of flat hills it's a it's a great bike ride and then sunday uh, a real doozy 42k run with a good dose of hills but a stunning run um around sort of the godly head area of christchurch so it's going to be a wicked weekend and nice as it has it's yep. the 10 year anniversary of the show exact day i did the had a look yesterday and thought well when was our first show and it was in april the 9th so we're actually going to bang on 10 years and the other thing that i thought we should do and i haven't run this past year yet okay, is through the, on this weekend we will do the prize draw for the for going to kona for our, for all our patrons oh, that's too early is it too early yeah because we might get more patrons leading up to it oh they can um, Okay, you're cool, <laughs> greedy. Uh, no, it isn't. No, but it isn't early, isn't it? April. Well, people got to get organised. I suppose. I'm pretty sure that's when we said we were going to do in April, May. Okay. I say we do it. Let's get all you guys who want to get in the Kona draw. Sign up, patrons. That's one of the benefits. Obviously, the other benefits make sure we keep rolling out with the show and things like that. But um, one of those benefits, you want to come to Kona next year with the boys, be over there. There'll be plenty of training options as well. I'm going to have the, my camp that's running over there for the, you know, the sort of the 10 days leading into the race. So plenty of training options. So get on it. Patrons, support us. So three, th- 38 times 100. Yeah. Is it on a minute? Is it on a time? Um, we'll have some different time options. I'll be far out, man. I, I would hate to think I do 100 now. You can, do, you can lead the 38 100s on the two minutes. I think even then I'd struggle with John. You'll be right on two minutes. John, I did. You remember John's mountain snail's wife beat me out of the water. No, mountain snail beat me out of the water. <laughs> mountain snail's a good swimmer. Yeah, well, obviously, or or I'm really bad. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember, and I remember because I did that race. That was probably the last try I thought I did, and I thought oh, I could probably get a top. I did get top ten, I think, but it was only because mm-hmm. I had a good run. But I was thinking to myself, oh, you know, I'll smash this woman. It's only three hundred meters. <laughs> it was hopeless. There you go. Oh, you can come come out for a few training swims. <laughs> 38 100s, 180k bike. How long's 40, 180k? 180k, 42k run. We're doing an Ironman over a weekend. We'll have bailout options in terms of on the run. There's definitely some uh, areas where you can cut off, and the bike is an out and back. And, we'll, and we'll it's not an easy Ironman. No. No, the ride's hard. To, to, but it's classic. It's a classic. The run's going to be hard. Yeah. There's going to be some good partying. Oh, we're going to party on the run. Party on. My girl. Party every night. Party all the time. Who's saying that? Absolutely no idea. You'd never guess Eddie Murphy. Right. Yeah, Eddie Murphy in the 80s. Okay, John's sponsor. We've been drinking some stuff, and I have to say, I actually like it. So Extreme Endurance have their Fuel 5. You can hear that. Hear that? That's the packaging there. What's really interesting about it? So, okay, tell us about it first, John. So X-Endurance Fuel 5, quick energy, sustained energy. So the the deal with this is uh, you get your five fuel sources. You've got your lactate, which is your quick fuel. You've got your sucrose, which is another quick one. Dextrose, quick fuel. And then you've got your multidextrin. And they also have organic sweet potato, which are your mid to sort of long range fuels. Um, The flavour we've got here is uh, a berry blend. Mm, And Bevan and I have just been sampling this morning. And one thing, I don't know what you were going to say, but I'll say it doesn't, for me, quite have that sweet... That's exactly what I was about to say. Because yeah. I expected it to be just like, like Raro. You mm. know, going, for those who don't know what Raro is, it's basically a, an orange, a sugar orange juice that's quite popular in New Zealand, a sachet drink, mm. and it's which is very sweet. You used to live on Raro as a kid. Mm. You used to have Raro? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Love some Raro. Yeah. But um, 
So it's not sweet at all. Yeah, so that would be the one one thing. I mean, I'm going to pop out here in a second and do uh, 500 press-ups and let you know how I go with that. In a minute. Uh, in a minute. And But yeah, that's probably the first thing. The first, this is the first time I've tried it. I that, reckon, John, how many press-ups do you reckon you could do? Very Come few. On, I reckon we should do it. Oh. There's a little space on the floor right there for you. Okay. Do you reckon you could pop out 50 press-ups? No. Come on, you still reckon you do 50? Absolutely no way, but just we can do this. Off I did 220 at the gym. Okay. 220. Okay, okay, let's do it, let's do it. Hold on, I've got to finish off my, oh, yeah. um, this This is going to be embarrassing. I'm I reckon I could get Joe out here and you should have a competition. Babe! I'm gonna, we're let's gonna do, do it. it. Let's do it. Okay, let's wait, get I'm going to get Joe. Okay. She'll love, pause she'll the show, pause the show. Okay, wait, wait, you talk about it, I'll go get it. I'm going to pick that I will struggle to get past uh, 20, maybe get to 25. The upper body has not been doing a lot of work lately. It's all been about the legs running the Auckland Marathon. Back John Bo, she's not that keen. Oh, she, she knows. She's, she's, she's having a shower. Front. I ran in. I said, babe, come out. You wouldn't do it naked. But come out and do it. And she goes, no, there's no way. I'm like, oh. But you still have to try Okay, what, what's your, what's your, today's betting day in Christchurch, we have our... Well, the problem is, if we bet, you know how many you're going to do. <laughs> so, what are you picking? I reckon you should be able to do 40 or 50. Absolutely no chance. Come on, you said, okay, Absolutely here we go. I'm going no I'm I'm to have to take off my, my new jersey. Oh, the top's coming off even. <laughs> the top's coming off. Here we go, I'm standing up with the microphone inside me. Newsom's taking the top off. Are we getting to berry level? No, just the t-shirt. Oh, man. Ladies, oh, I should take a photo of this. Wait a second, okay. So, full press-ups. Wait a second, I'm taking a photo while John's doing this. Okay, wait, you got to get your knees up. Oh. <laughs> He's trying to do the kills press-ups. Okay, here we go. Let's do this. One. He's looking strong after two. Oh, shit, maybe he won't get to 43. <laughs> Four. Five. You're looking strong. He's keeping that core tight. Six, seven. Eight. Nine. I'm going to take a photo while he's doing it. Ten. How are you feeling at stage? Oh, Twelve. Thirteen. 14, 15, 16, the triceps are looking good, 17, 18, he's got to get to 40, 19, halfway at least, 21, 22, 23, 24, he's pushing hard, 25, 26, 27, 20, he's doing the hard breathing, he's pushing it out, 28, 29, 30, 31, come on Yusuf, you can do a few more, 32, he's, he's doing the humping, 32 is the number team, he, he did, I have to admit, he didn't put up much of a fight, I mean, he could have popped out a few more at the end there, <laughs> oh. 32, okay. it's going to be a short show, okay, here's this week's discussion of the week, oh. how many full press-ups can you do? I mean, one thirty. So that is pretty. Okay, so that's the challenge. As you get home, if you're on your bike right now, or if you're just listening at the office, if you're listening at the office, yeah, take your ears out, get on the ground, and start pumping out some press ups. Yeah, we want to know, especially you guys are doing that are doing Ironman Arizona this weekend. So how many press ups can you do? John Newsom just popped out thirty two. Bevan James Isles can do two hundred twenty. Yes, I think I won that one. You might get me in the point. We're not going to do a live one here. I'm not going to count to two hundred twenty. No, I don't know if I could do two hundred twenty right now, but. Within the last six months, I've done it. Um, okay, but a bit of competitive pressure. I reckon I could have got to forty. I reckon if you had some more of that fuel five, yes, you probably got. To I 50. didn't finish the gap. You're I reckon me. if I had Joe there, God, I'm going to be sore after that. I haven't done press ups for a little while. You, you need to do some more press ups. As a man, you should, I reckon a <laughs> true man, yeah, should be able to do at least fifty press ups. Okay, you know? I'm feeble. Feeble in your mind, Bevan. Man's man, you'll be a man's man. Okay, discussion of the week. Oh, so it's endurance. Check it out, Fuel 5. I'm not even impressed that it wasn't sweet, because I just thought it was going to taste like sugar. Mm. 
Mm. It doesn't at all. Mm. Like it's not sweet at all. Mm. So if you guys, especially you guys that are having have nutritional issues out there on the the bike and the run, give it a crack, test it out. There's um, unfortunately in the world of nutrition, there is no one size fits all. But if uh, if you've been having some issues, check it out. Okay, guys, we had a discussion of the week last week, and it was about basically about equipment malfunction or not equipment gear malfunction so john i'm pulling up the facebook page but charles nichols sent through charles all black nichols sent through he's not on facebook and he's got his so here's my contribution to this week's discussion in my most recent triathlon i decided to go old school smuggles or swimmers in the uh, or speedos basically in the swim bike kit for the ride and run gear for the run mostly because it was a non-wetsuit swim comfort was and the heat was more important to me and I didn't want to get sunburned. Anyway, ran into the changing shed and pulled up a little jawstring on my swimmers to get them off and it knotted, panicked and pulled harder, hoping the knot might pull through, but it didn't. I tried to then pick up the minuscule knot out and I couldn't. Try just pulling them over the waist. Again, no chance. Choices here were just wear them under the bike and run kit or get some help. Wearing them under would have defeated the whole purpose of having a fresh kit for each leg, which was comfort. So I asked the volunteer if they had scissors. Of course he didn't. But to his credit, when I said uh, I need, really needed some, he raced off to try to find some. So my usual slow transition turned into a nightmare as I just stood there. He eventually returned and I snipped the swimmers in half and threw them away and got into the business of transition. Almost 10 minutes later, I finally emerged from that change then, having learnt a valuable lesson of what not to do. So there you go. That's a you need to be careful with those scissors or you might end up <laughs> circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. You know, you, you don't know these things. Uh, David Manley, uh, does exiting T2 wearing a bike helmet count as a wardrobe malfunction? First try is my excuse. Have you done that? No, I haven't, but I tell you what, you see kids when I run the kids' races, oh, they course. do it all the time. Yeah. What do you do? You just tell them you have a laugh? I just tell to carry on and chuck the helmet away. We're pretty relaxed with the kiddies' race. If you do want to do a race coming up, the House Travel Triathlon Festival, November 29th. Game on. Okay, uh, Michael Taylor's got, I went to a local triathlon club, uh, the Thames Turbos, at Hampton in the UK. The race was sold out, so I volunteered. Afterwards, a group of us in a similar boat decided to go for a ride in the Surrey Hills. Problem being that it was a 2000 and my race club kit could best be described as shiny silver bra and knickers speedo brand it was all the rage this was just the above acceptable on country roads with no one else about but the embarrassing factor went through the roof when we stopped for tea and flapjacks at the box calf hill uh, at the Hill and Box Hill, with about 150 bikies in Harley Davidsons. So, technically, not a malfunction, but embarrassing for sure. Pike Redden's got a very topical one here because so I was running at the gym the other day on the treadmill listening to the soap bubble sh- short discussion, which we had last week that's brought, brought out this discussion. What was it again? guy who had, hadn't washed his shorts properly and when he was running along um, then all the soap bubbles started going down his legs. I don't think I was listening to that. You probably were not listening to me. I was reading the story. Because that is absolutely sensational. But anyway, um, Pike Reardon was at the gym listening to that, um, me talking about that while you weren't listening. Yep. Afterwards, I head to the stretching room um, when he's finished his run to cool down. That's when I noticed I've just run an hour on the treadmill with my triathlon running shorts inside out with the light blue padded chamois covering oh, my crotch and butt in the world. Embarrassing to say the least. Hopefully they weren't really old ones because really old ones can get certain marks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just saying you're walking in the gym and people are like, oh my God. Yeah. 
What's wrong with this guy? Tony Buckingham's got got to nominate James Turner for this one. Well known in the triathlon Wellington Club. First at the Auckland Standard Distance Triathlon World Championships qualifying race. He took the wrong shoes. The shoes actually belonged to a policeman. How did he manage to do that? Also, at the Wellington race, he managed to start the run, frozen feet, with anti-smell plastic balls in his shoes. Now, in <laughs> saying all of this, James Turner gives more to the sport than anyone I know and is a great athlete also. I think the worst ones were diving into the team's relay with my goggles and my foreheads uh, and then in the same race trying to put my helmet on with the goggles and caps still on my head. Uh, Nemo um, Helen Brauch has got a good one here. On the run leg of a race, a guy passing from behind and said, did you know you've got a few leaves hanging out from your shorts? Oh, really? Sure enough, I had picked up a hitchhiker after my not-so-discreet dash into the bushes to pee. Oh, no, that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Embarrassed, I pulled it out and said, thank you. Okay, um, Pete Griffiths got... Uh, my op- my pool opens at 5am and 99% of the time, that is when I am there. There are a few of us lap swimmers and a lifeguard there at that time. Nobody on the deck. No kids, mums, etc. A few weeks ago, I had to get up to a couple afternoon swims in. In the afternoon, there are swim lessons with parents and families and dozens of kids on the deck. So guess when the seam of my trusty swim jammers decided to let go? 5am? Nope. Of course, it happened in the middle of an afternoon workout. Penny Commons, putting your wetsuit on back to front and feeling chuffed you bought the new version with the zip at the, zip at the front. <laughs> That's that old. Oh, I know, Penny, I'm going to give her a hard time about that. That's sensational. Yeah. Oh, look at this new one. Yeah. <laughs> um, who we got here? Ken Smith. He's got, at, at a marathon, my running shorts had shaved to my inner thigh so badly that the mile 23 marker asked an EMT to cut the crutch in my shorts. <laughs> so he's running along with a squat on. <laughs> Pretty much. I had the, uh, the liner to cover my nasty bits, but the crutch was flapping in the winds for the last 5K. How about the finishing photo? He's got the finishing photo here. He's not looking too happy. <laughs> well, Nikki Sweetman, she lives down the road from you as well, I think. Oh. Wearing a two-piece swimsuit and the elastic died in the middle of a time trial in the pool. A tumble turned and the bottoms end up around my knees and a Russian coach was screaming at me to finish the last 25. I was so embarrassed he was, and he was caught between laughing and being pissed that I didn't finish. Oh, that's good. Uh, Brad Cooper's got 2012 Kona, forgot to remove speed suit and transition, you did this and you realised that five miles into the bike and had to stop, remove it and then hang it into the spot, uh, until spot, oh hang on to it until spotting a friend on the sidelines, freaked him out when we were moving 25 miles an hour and he hears, hey Jim, and suddenly the speed suit comes flying at him, then on the run I realised that I put my one piece tri suit on backwards too, Stopped in the bathroom to switch. What a disaster, especially considering I've probably done 70 plus triathlons and never made either mistake. Oh well, it's only Kona. Yeah. Last one I'll do, David Hale, at a major race, realised when the official photos came out, my tri-suit was a little bit see-through. He actually had an IM Talk tri-suit. He must have been doing a lot of racing for that to go see-through. Wasn't much left to the imagination. (laughs) Peter Thais has got, during a local triathlon race, I end up removing more than my wetsuit in front of a female timekeeper. Oh, nice. I was embarrassed, but I reckon it made her day. Yeah. (laughs) So, Jombo, what's yours? Uh, I think, it wasn't that embarrassing, but when I wore my... Uh, swim skin all the way through the Kona 70.3 that, no, was, that was that was a mistake too wasn't it it wasn't that like was you were doing it deliberately yep and then of course have had the odd you know forget to pull the old uh, or tie the old togs up when you jump in the pool oh I've togs, done that. togs around the ankles yeah oh, I really haven't had that bad it's mm. more just the butt cheeks that's the show mm. Mm. that'd be about it I think 
haven't had any other yeah any leakage or anything like that hasn't been too much of an issue that would be the ultimate of embarrassment i think oh well, mine more is a gym <coughs> like i haven't had really any triathlon ones but i did have a gym one one time years ago i got these cool it was when i was doing combat which is like the fighting program mm-hmm. i was a really crap combat instructor <laughs> seriously i was really bad at it but um and i got these really cool taekwondo kind of pants that i shorts mm-hmm. that i trained in and they were white and uh and back in those days, I used to wear a G-string. I'm not sure why I wore a G-string. You <laughs> wore <What>? G-string. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's your embarrassing story. <laughs> okay, Wearing so. a G-string. Yeah, I think when I was teaching, it used to be just a little bit more... I'm not sure why I did it. I, I, it's I, it's been a long feeling. time since I've worn a G-string. Anyway, um, little <laughs> did I realise... I've never heard of a guy wearing a G-string before. Oh, really? No. Oh, guys wear G-strings. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But, I'm shocked and amazed. Yeah, I was shocked. Well, when you do a lot of modelling, you have to, you have to wear G-strings. <laughs> <laughs> not not change. I was going to do some modelling. <laughs> yeah, not 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 to model in the G string, but often because undie lines and stuff like that. But anyway, um, so I'm teaching this class, and I didn't really realise that these white pants would become very see through mm. the wetter they got. Oh yeah, yeah. And and actually, I was quite lucky I was wearing a G string right. because if I wore a, a if, lucky, it was a black G string because if I wore any different colour, it would have been very yeah. revealing. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so that's probably my one malfunction. So. Mm-hmm. Wearing a G-string one and mm-hmm. white pants number two. Cool. Okay, this week's discussion. There's two discussions because I do want to know how many press-ups you can do. So the challenge this week were the I Am Talk challenge. Okay. John Euston could pop out 32. I reckon he could have got to 40 if his yep. kid's life depended mm-hmm. on it. But how many press-ups can you pop out? No, it has to be one set. No warm-ups or anything like no that. No warm-ups. You did just get into it. I was, I was mm-hmm. quite impressed. I was expecting a no. <clears throat> I'm still going to try to see if Joe can do it. Yeah. When she comes out, you need to turn your mic around a little bit. Okay. When, when she comes out and asks if she can do more than 32, because we were doing some questions every day, she said she could do 40. Right. So so there we go. Um, the more try-related try question. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> would you like to do an Island House Triathlon format race, and what would be the best format for age groupers? I'd love to do one. Like a three-day mm. different kind of... i got a guy that I coach who's doing um, Triple T next year. I'd love to do that race. Love to train up. It's still it. going. It's still going. Wow. Where Great is it? Event. Uh, they have two. I can't remember where in the States. In America. There you go. America's a tiny place. Every America just pop do you over. We're never going to see it because there's no money in it. <clears throat> well, not that there's no, no money in it, but it's that I, I mean, just have so much money to, to market towards an audience. Mm-hmm. And so these, while these cool ideas are pretty awesome, do you think we'll ever see. We well, do see come it. Uh, I don't think we will, but you always this time this the seasons where you might, it might pop up, and this, the France Iron Tour I'm pretty sure still goes. So there is there's lots going on in Europe that's different. We only ever see the stuff that's in the media over here and in media in America and stuff. But there are other things going on in the world, especially in Europe. Uh, I'd love to see it, but these days, you know, it's all Kona or it's all Olympics. One prediction you made a couple of years ago, which hasn't come true, is that by the Olympics we may see a different distance, mm. and we may see what's happening on that front. They're just not listening to me. Well, normally they do. I know. I'm, I'm really surprised. I still do think it's going to happen. It's coming. But we're not really seeing much of it coming through the I2 yet, are we? No, we're not. Uh, there is, there's a few sprint distance races, but they're just your traditional sprint distance triathlons. And none of this innovative stuff. And, none, mm. and teams is kind of not happening yet. The, the team, they're, they're, they're pushing hard to get the mixed relay teams to the Olympics, and that will come. So what, we think maybe Tokyo? Yes. Yeah. So obviously we had it at Commonwealth Games and they're, yeah, they're pushing really hard and it is getting a lot more popular. People like to see it. We watch it. It's exciting. So I think that's, you know, 
<coughs> the, I, the IOC like things that people like to watch. Are you, are you going to go to James Bond? I really would like to. Oh, nice. We booked our Star Wars tickets yeah, the other day. Last week, yeah. 3D. Wicked. 3D? Yeah. And James Bond, you like James Bond? Oh, yeah. What's your favourite Bond movie? I quite like some of the recent ones, but yeah. I've, I've watched them all. Every have you watched James every one? Bond. I reckon I would have watched every single one. Wow, because there's like mm. 50 of them, isn't there? Mm. I'm pretty confident I have. Wow. Sean, Sean Connery was awesome. I haven't, I haven't really watched some of the other ones, maybe I should. Okay, Jonbo, let's talk about Statastic. It's fantastic. Okay, Joe, jo, he did 32. 32, Joe. Come on, can you, can you, come on, can you try? <laughs> Please. I love you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm definitely doing it then. Joe, did you know that Bevan used to wear G-strings? Does it, it doesn't, That's doesn't, why she, she, she saw me in those white shorts and she's like, oh my God, this is the man of my dreams. Look at that package in that G-string. I'm concerned. I've never heard of a guy wearing G-strings. Have you heard of guys wearing G-strings, babe? In your in yeah, industry. In my industry, there. There you go. It's fantastic. You are talking to a girl who used to wear a G-string over her, her tights. Right. Because that's what the girls used to yes, do back in the day. Yes, so, I'm hearing you. Yep. So I, I did not know this. Well, I can't. I don't think I knew this, but I always thought that Paula Newby Fraser, for for a long time, she held the fastest iron distance race all the way back in 1994. She set a time of uh, eight hours fifty fifty three at uh, Rote, which was back then it was Ironman Europe. Now, at the time, that was the that, fastest, that that stood, and it was significant, wasn't it? That stood until 2000. And, yeah, oh, I'm time. pretty sure it stood until that. Was that like 10, Rote, 15 years, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was a long time. Yeah. It was a long time. And but then when I, I just I happened but to... But the, the point was that you thought that was the first time anyone female got, had gone sub-9. Yeah, but in fact it was a, a long-standing record. But in fact, by the look of it, the first fe- first female to ever go sub-9 was actually Tia Sabesma, which was 8.55.29 at Ironman Europe in a rote in 1991. I don't think she gets enough credit for being the first woman to go under. I've never heard of her, John. No. She was, she was a really good athlete. She was a very good Jew athlete. Um, but we all, you know, hopefully most of us know that Lothar Leader was the first guy to go under, but I don't think many people no, would have known. Under eight, you mean? Under eight. Guys, yeah. yeah. I don't think many would have picked Tia Sabesma. So that's your fact for this week. Your stats fantastic. Or stat is first female to go under nine hours was Tessa Bebsma, eight hours fifty five in nineteen ninety one. So just to wrap up discussion because we kind of talked about other things, what kind of format would you like for an age group race mm. in regards to like, like a, a three tri- day kind of mm. thing? And also, how many press ups can you do? Okay, John, do you want some? Do you want some music? Yes, let's put some music on. Coaches Corner. So one of the worst things that can happen to any athlete is injury. Yes. And particularly for running, because, you know, running is kind of important for a triathlon. Mm-hmm. And injuries do tend to happen for us, which is a part of the game. At the same time, what can we do when we are injured is a bit of aqua jogging. Yep. So we had Laurie Shulock on the podcast a few weeks ago. She was a great age group athlete racing in Kona. And we sort of talked through her race. And one area that she sort of specializes in, in terms of her sort of nine to five, is working at a university. And her area of specialization is sort of deep water running, aqua jogging, whatever you might want to call it. And at the time, she said uh, she'd give us a couple of workouts. So that's really what I'm going to do today is just summarize a couple of options for deep water running. So obviously, when when you get injured, you know, deep water running is a good option. Um, obviously, you can either try to stoke up your biking a bit more, or you can do a bit more swimming, or you can go deep water running. And have, <coughs> usually you, have you actually spent a decent amount of time doing that? No, I have not. No, um, but if I was specifically preparing for another try, um, that's probably an, a, an option. I wouldn't go 100% replacement with my running, but I would probably would um, substitute a little bit um, 
instead of doing extra biking or, or running. So she's got given us um, four different sets here. One is your, your uh, building your endurance set, and this is based off heart rate. And we'll put, we'll put a, a little sheet up on imtalk.me with uh, a way you can calculate your heart rates because it is different when you're in a, a water environment. Um, and she's got a little sheet you can use where you use the, the 220 minus your age minus your resting heart rate. It gives you one number, and then you do a couple of little things in the water to figure out sort of your heart rates in the water and then you come up with a formula and then it's a percentage based um so you're very much around heart rate zones when you're in the water because mm. it is you, yeah you, how did you do speed you, water yeah you, you do need something intensity to, gauge intensity because yeah. it'd be it would be quite easy to yeah spe- speed well, it's like anything like that like it's like being on a treadmill or being on a stationary bike it's it's that the workouts can be seem really pointless and boring and the only way you make them interesting is to add the intensity. Exactly. And to have a focused kind of set program going into like a treadmill workout can actually make it quite an enjoyable, challenging workout. Because mm-hmm. if you just run on a treadmill, it does your head in. So, oh, yeah. you know, so these types of, you know, and aqua jogging, the one or two times I did do it, it just did my head in, but I was just mm. kind of going up and down the pool. Whereas if I had an objective like this, it may have really helped. So building endurance sets, you go four minutes at 80% of um, HRR, or heart rate max, then six minutes at 75%, 10 minutes at 70%, and then two minutes easy, and you repeat that through a couple of times. She's yeah, got nice. a aerobic endurance with sprints and strength work. <clears throat> Both of us have got struggles with our voice, so we'd be, we'd be hopeless on the radio. We can't talk for 10 minutes without struggling. Oh, man, what's all that about? Uh, so your aerobic endurance and sprint and strength work, uh, continuous run for six minutes at a steady pace, then run hard wall to wall. So you're sort of doing a, a sprint. Lap. And when you get to the uh, wall, perform flutter kick on the wall for 30 seconds max effort. That is bloody hard to do that, uh, to do vertical sort of flutter kick. And then run hard wall to wall. Um, and then do 10, uh, 25 push-up reps on the wall. Well, you I, can, I, you, I wouldn't struggle to do more than one set, John. Just yep. So that's just a really good way to sort of break up um, more of a long endurance effort with a it's bit of a speed work. workout, that one too, isn't it? It's mm. a bit more cross-training happening here. And then uh, an intensity ladder, 10 minutes at a steady pace, uh, and then hold for five minutes, then eight minutes, and then hold five minutes, six minutes, and then just slowly working your way down. Again, we'll put all the stuff up on the on the website. Bevan will do that. And then her fourth one is a negative splits and technique where you go four or five times through <clears throat> a steady run for three minutes or sort of go cone to cone. <clears throat> just right. going to pause for a second. Yep, he's, he's losing it. <clears throat> Goodness, I'm making an absolute hash of this. Yep, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you cone to cone with a negative split, run faster, pace every time you pass a cone and do that four times through. And then you do some technique drills, flat foot march, high knees, staying on your toes, long jog, fast feet shuffle and butt kicks. So you're basically walking, uh, doing your running drills in the water and then one length of the pool, striding out with uh, good strides. That's pretty much exactly what you do if you're doing a little drill set. So you have a bit of a steady run, go through your drills, and then do one length where you're actually trying to do a nice stride out. So is there, the only thing I wonder about in regards to deep water running is, is it hard to maintain cadence? Like does it, you know, because I understand kind of the force of water, that means you've kind of got resistance and you've developed muscles in different types of ways. So there's real value in that. But does the slowing of cadence become a problem? You know what I mean? Like... When you get back to running, you'd probably want to work on cadence. Well, I don't know. I no, done you can keep your it. cadence up pretty well. You in the can, water. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I've just haven't done enough of it to know. 
Mm. So we'll, we'll post. Um, I'll get. I'll put this into a format for Bevan to post on our website. So if you didn't understand my mumbling my way through that, uh, we'll have those workouts. Plus, we'll have a little sheet which has got uh, how you can calculate heart rates. And, and if you are uh, someone who's injured, this is really valuable stuff. Oh, absolutely. About to keep, sure, you can cross train, but if you have to keep that kind of running motion happening, the, yeah, the movement patterns is yeah. critical. Really good. Obviously, you lose a little bit of impact, um, but or you lose a lot of impact, but you keep that sort of running motion going. So uh, huh. get on it. So Michael Rowe, the guy who sent through this question, Jonbo, he's the guy who I stayed with. Ah, yeah. I, um, you probably could have answered this for him. I, th- I think he sent this through quite a while ago. Well, he's got. In this, uh, is there any episode aside from the weeks you after your Hawaii Man where you discuss your blow up in Hawaii? I too had a major blow up in Frankfurt and barely made the cutoff. I was coming off some great training and had a barely a complete meltdown in Frankfurt. I broke the number one rule, nothing new on race day, and started off with two bowls of porridge. I think that I had sugar and milk. I had a sugar crash on the swim but did okay. Got out of the water and didn't have to sunscreen on the bike. I thought they would supply. My stomach went south on the bike. I couldn't get anything down. I walked most of the run, finished three minutes to spare. I, it was a crushing defeat. I thought I was going to a sub-30 now and end up doing a 15-hour race. Plus, I ended up in, with an IV bag for dehydration. I should have gotten uh, two more. Uh, talk about kicking the balls. I'm looking for some inspiration from your years of experience. Now, again, this was a while ago, but... Um, I've got to say, full credit to people who are out there for 15 hours. Mm. I've, what's, what was your slowest one? 11. 11. Or just under 11. Mm. It was Kona. Mm. Just yeah. being on your feet for that long. Yeah, that's the thing. Good it's effort. Long, and I, the thing I always think is that... I don't know if the effort's much less than us. Relative effort. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, like it, obviously faster people have the ability to move faster, but does the effort it takes to move that speed similar to what the people are going slower mm. than them is? And so, yeah, it's a long day at the office. So just a couple of things that I do in terms of uh, dealing with disappointing races. So I've, you know, last three years or so, I've had some really good races, you know, and Kona 70.3s have gone really well, had uh, races in Auckland, um, Olympic day distance gone really well, halves have been okay but obviously the main race was uh, pretty disappointing and Auckland last weekend was a or the weekend before was another disappointing race but really the preparation for that was yeah, pretty that was, damn well. That wonderful. wasn't like you'd given everything and you yeah. just blew yeah. up it was more Yeah so it was uh, that was just a, a debacle from just about day one but really the, the things that I do is I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing things um, and realizing that you know, you just kind of move on. So just kind of draw a line in the sand and go, did that, compartmentalise that, deal with it, move on. There's more important things to life than, than racing. At the same time, I take races extremely seriously. And um, it's funny when you hear the different stories coming out of Kona and stuff. Of Sometimes people think, oh, those, those people are too serious. They just need to chill out. Well, I'm, I like to be pretty serious about it. And when you go over there, and it's not a, for me, it's not about enjoying the island and all that sort of stuff. It's about they're going over there and racing bloody hard and uh, doing as well as they possibly can and taking it pretty seriously. Other people... They, they'd like to do it a slightly different way but for me uh, take it pretty pretty seriously but at the same time pretty good at compartmentalizing things and going shit happens you have something goes wrong just go okay that's happened move on with the rest of your life um, then obviously go through a pretty detailed analysis of the of the race itself uh, and 
what you what went well I mean that's you probably hear this from loads of different coaches you do always have to go through and figure out the points that, that did go well and when I go through say my Kona race and, and equally the Auckland Marathon um, whilst it only lasted for, for half of it there were still some really good facets of it that I was that, that went really well same deal in Kona there were some parts of the race that went really really well um, so go through pick out the things that work, worked well and obviously the things that didn't go well and start to try to put the pieces together as that maybe why they didn't go so well and I think lots of people do that this sort of stuff in their head but they often maybe don't write it down and they just sort of just focus yeah, on those negative things. a focus time where they're actually trying to really assess deeply. Mm. And then, um, and then it's really the review process of the, of the whole whole build up. And this is really where you, you know, if you can record all your training, um, you can actually go back and try to figure out where things didn't quite go according to plan. So that's where you got your your things like training peaks or Garmin or wherever you're going to store all your training. It's so easy these days. Even if you don't necessarily train to uh, pace or power or um, volume or whatever it might be, if you just have a GPS watch at least you can record everything you do um, if you can wear your heart rate monitor as much as you can then you have actually got something you can go back and, and have a look at and, and try to you know put the pieces together as to why you had perhaps a, a disappointing race equally when you have those outstanding races I think this is, this is an area where people really fall down as well is then they, they just have this great race and they just take it for granted but they don't actually go back and have a look at what they did to have that great race um, and try to replicate that and, and improve on that in future times. And then um, once I've done all that sort of analyst, um, compartmentalise, analyse and review then it's just time to draw a line in sand and move on and plan for the next thing. And that's pretty much what I've done after Auckland. I think there's a couple of things to add to that as well. And I think the first one is, is to, to not, because one of the problems with Ironman in particular is a couple of problems really is, A, we don't race a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you put all your eggs in one basket. And so if you don't have a great day, it can really kind of affect you because, you know, like most people might do one Ironman in a year or every few years. So... <clears throat> if that doesn't really deliver on what you were hoping, it makes it really hard because you put kind of, you mm. know, and within that, oh, you talk for a second. Just and, and, uh, hopefully Bevan's going to go on to doing more than one or two races in a year. I think that can really help. Uh, so <clears throat> sprint distance racing, Olympic distance racing is fantastic training for you. And you get to go out there and actually do some more racing. And especially if you're somebody that race, races to stats, so you, you, know, you love your power and things like that, the absolute best idea you're ever going to get is from racing. Yeah. Um, so I just, <clears throat> I just think in general people don't race enough. And then, and then the second point is is that the, the, because we put so much emphasis on Ironman, it almost becomes our identity, mm-hmm. you know. And so your your esteem is very much reliant on this race. And I think that when we when we have that, that's almost a very dangerous place to be within yourself because. If I don't get a performance, then who am I as a person? And that's that's something that really kind of makes you very vulnerable just to one aspect of your life, making sure you get that result. And it makes sense because we put a lot of time and effort into achieving this goal. But at the same time, you know, we want to have the kind of the evolution of the athlete. So we need to reflect and learn and evolve. But at the same time, it's also to realize that this is just one aspect of my life. And it's an area that I can improve on as a person, but it's not who I am. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't represent me as a person doesn't mean I'm always going to be a failure or because often what happens is people 
they'll they'll use that experience to reinforce why they'll always be a failure or reinforces that they've always been a failure and it's not you just had a bad day mm. and so to really keep it in perspective of what it is and it doesn't represent all of who you are and then again keep with that what John was talking about that kind of evolution of self as an athlete and the successes you have along the way you know for me for Kona it was a two and about two year journey to get there and uh, I went from being a pretty shitty shape to by the time I got to the race I'd sort of ticked off all my goals in terms of getting myself into really good shape cocked it up on the day but in terms of the overall process really pleased with how I did it and, and the sort of shape that I and the discipline went through to get to that point and uh, yeah so there's lots of successes along the way and I think that's the thing is, is like, how do I remove emotional attachment to self to the mm. assessment process because that is the thing is that if you are someone who comes away from a race that's been really disappointing and you just think you're a failure, well, A, it, it, it stops you from actually seeing the good. Mm. You know, and like in any Ironman journey, there's been plenty of good mm. and, and things to improve on. Mm. And it's that kind of, it, have you heard of Carol Dweck? I mentioned her before, yeah. Yeah, I've interviewed her on my other podcast. And um, Carol Dweck is kind of talks about fixed mindset versus growth mindset and fixed mindset people basically say I am this way inclined and it's just how I am mm-hmm. with growth mindset people kind of say well any area of my life I can grow and basically at the end of the day if you can be growth mindset you have a much more happier healthier successful life because it's not who I am it's the process that makes me grow mm-hmm. and I think that's the, probably the real point here is that when we have these disappointments, sure, we are going to have a bit of an identity hit, but it's to really realise that it's not who I am, it's just a race and there's a process I need to look at. Mm. So it is important, but eh, to, to mm. really, because mm. it can really get you down. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially when you have a, you know, a few in a row and stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah. It sucks, but there's still lots of good stuff going on. Mm, oh, totally, yeah. For uh, anyone who crosses an Ironman finish at any stage in their career, should be able to look and go, there are things I'm pretty proud of. <laughs> I was entertained. So you obviously get your post-race uh, emails and stuff from the ASB Auckland Marathon. So oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're all champions. You're fantastic. <laughs> and because I didn't finish, I didn't have any uh, like oh, clips yes, or yes. photos or anything <laughs> like that. I wasn't anywhere. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not a champion. I'm a failure. I'm a loser. <laughs> I'm a failure. Okay, Jombo, sponsor. Athlinks.com. I wonder if Rhodesy's on here. I should, I should actually have a look because um, he missed out on his, you know, his Malaysia glory is is fading into oblivion because uh, it's no longer on Ironman website or anything like that. Coming up this weekend, we have Ironman Arizona, and unlike Bevan, I will not ignore those that, those females racing. If we look at last year's results, Meredith Kessler took it out. Um, the first athletes finisher was uh, Christina Jackson. Good to see some female pro athletes um, on athletes. And then the first age grouper on athletes is Amanda Wendorf. She was took out the 35 to 39 age group. Again, if you want to check out these stats of how fast all these people are, you can just go and click on their details. She's got 74 races listed. She can run 19.40 for a, for a 5K, 135 for a half marathon. She's got a 9.59.34 for an um, iron distance race, 45 minutes for a, for a 10K. Finished Kona last year, or um, this year, in... 10.21, finished third in her age group, I think. Nice work. So again, um, I've talked about this before. Keep all your results in one place. When those 
results and when those uh, races maybe disappear you've got a record of all your races and also use it as a bit of a research tool if you want to suss out people that are maybe in races that are coming up if you're at the pointy end of the race you can sort out who's there and what they're capable of doing and also if you're you know, thinking of trying to qualify how these people have actually got there and, and have a look at their progression so check it out athlinks.com but that's the cool thing John I've done a search for Brian Rhodes and his heaps of results from and he's not he's actually not a member. Come on, Rhodes, he? Come on, Rhodes, he's sharpen up. But at the same time, you can kind of go, Oh, Brian Rhodes, what's he up to? And he's got geez, his results go back for years. Pro athletes should do this. So many pro athletes that we've interviewed in the past. Oh, I mean New sucked. Zealand in 19, 1996. Yeah. He did a ten oh two. Nice. That would have been might have that would have been on the old uh, Auckland course. That was a pretty tough course. Yeah, Auckland, yep. Yeah. And he was twenty five years old. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe he wasn't, I'm not sure about the age. But then he went back in two thousand and seven. Did a nine fourteen, yeah, and then did Ironman Canada, did an eight fifty four. So he made pretty pretty quick progress progressions, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's good to see. He did Ironman World Championships in nineteen ninety eight. John did he? Did a nine nineteen fifty six. Right, and then he went back the next year did nine fourteen. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's you know like Brian's not actually signed up, but again, if you've got mates, you want to go check out their results, and go you know twenty years this is, mm. you know, so pretty great. Chatlinks.com. Okay, John, but what are we talking about next? We're going to talk about questions and answers. answers. We're going to email through from good old Johnny Wingle. Is that how you say that? You reckon? Uh, I'm just going to say Johnny. I'm a 44 yeah. year old from the UK. I love all things I'm in, always. I have done I'm in UK finishing in 1343, which I was happy with, but is it realistic that I can get down to a sub 12 hours? Uh, given my restrictions with training, I work a 48-hour week over six days starting at 5 a.m. I do cycle to work at 5K. Uh, I have three children, one of which is dis- is disabled. Uh, one of them is a cute four-month-year-old baby, and the other is a grumpy teen. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a, a nice spread. <laughs> um, so plenty of time is taking up with shouting, cooking, and wiping houses. <laughs> <laughs> and that's for the grumpy teen. Uh <laughs> What is the best use of my training time? I can do one hour a day and a four hours on a Sunday morning before the rest of my family wake up, which just doesn't seem to be enough to become an ex. Love the podcast. Keep it up. I would agree. It is going to be a bit of a struggle to, to become an ex with that sort of training. But I think um, I actually did a talk last week with... Dylan McNeese um, oh, did you? We and did Dan Abel at Front Runner Store in Christchurch. If you need a nice. wetsuit, if you need a wetsuit, especially if you need a blue seventy wetsuit. Give me people there. Sorry, yeah, there was. It was about 40, 40 nice. people there. It was good. Um, what did you talk about? We we didn't talk too much, but I talked about planning. I did a short talk on planning, and then uh, and then we just had a big questions and answers thing. It went on for quite a while. Pretty cool. Good. It's really good to see some people. Because sometimes you do like I do a lot of speaking, <clears> and I don't actually like doing questions and answers at the end because it's always a bit weird. Mm. But no one ever asks questions anyway, and, oh, and I normally don't try to do it. But often the people will go, "Oh, do you have any questions?" And, mm. and no one does. <laughs> you gotta go. Yeah, now there's a lot of questions. Oh, people want to know what Dylan gets up to, and then there was questions on kicking. Why do you kick? How you kick in swimming, and how you when? You, what you should be doing when you're breathing swimming? Someone asked, "If there's one stretch we should do, what is it?" And I said, "Well, I said if there's, I actually said, if there was one stretch, I'd say the down, downward dog yeah. pose." Yeah. And then I said, to add to that, if you can do one strengthening exercise, it would be uh, calf raises. Um, but in- have problems, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, calf so raises. So one thing about our runners, mm. you know, and we do, we do strength work, so they do calf raises. Mm. But even then, bloody calves. You do one exercise, calf raises. And that's, they're an easy one to do. And the other thing that I often um, 
Although I would say squats with calf raises. Right. Yeah. So you do a bodyweight squat lifting up into a calf raise. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're on an escalator, always take advantage of doing some calf stretching. <laughs> always. It's just free opportunity. It's free time. Wasted time otherwise. Anyway, back to... Especially to those sh- real long escalators at airports. You know? Always. You let it out. Yeah, the, the pat when we were, we were with the Pattersons last weekend, old uh, the Philinator and Jen, they were taking the stairs, and I was like, "Rockies, Rockies, <laughs> you think you're fit, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. think you're the better person." Anyway, Johnny, um, uh, I guess the reason why I started off in that little story there is, is I think you just need to have a bit of a plan and probably periodize your year a little bit. If you're if you if you're um got this really limited time, is yes, obviously you do your your race build up phase when you're building into a race. But what I think might be beneficial for you is to have some periods of the year where you maybe have a more of a single discipline focus. So maybe have several months where you go, I'm really just going to try to nail that bike and actually try to make some gains in the bike. So you're going to do your commuting to work every day your one hour training and then your four hours on a Sunday morning and just almost be an exclusive cyclist and really try to make some gains there then you might have a running block and then you'd have your sort of race build up I think that's the only way where you're really going to inv- advance those individual disciplines and when it comes to your to your weekly basis I think you, you, you definitely need to have some real purpose to every single session that you do so that doesn't necessarily mean you go hardcore in every session I do think you really want to have some intensity in there but if you've got four um four or five one hour sessions per week um, they need to be pretty targeted and saying it might be right have an intensity bike day an intensity run day and then the other ones you actually not intense but you actually go out there with a plan in terms of what pace you're going to hold so you're not sort of wasting any time and equally with your four hour session on Sunday um, really I'd be pretty much alternating weeks um, between doing a, a long ride one week <clears throat> a brick session and then maybe a, uh, a long run off a bike <clears throat> and, and just rolling through that cycle but I think you need to be doing a lot of at race pace work so I think the use of a power meter would really help you and uh, the use of a GPS watch to make sure you really kept yourself on track but when you're doing that little amount of training it needs to be very very targeted. Yeah, uh, to me, the, the, the thing that's going to be really important is quality training. And so there's, you know, obviously if you can create programs that are focused and have objectives, you know, that mm. are pushing you to higher levels, even to within that to have some kind of hits training in there. So, you know, do a couple of sessions a week, which are, you know, which aren't really specific to Ironman, but there's real value. And if we look at some of the science that's coming around in this hits training, it's really powerful stuff, which is high intensity interval training. Um, it's just proven to show some really great fitness results. So if you can get a couple of those sessions and they can be really valuable. I would say, how? Do, so then if we know that quality is going to be really important, how do you then become really good at setting up quality? Because one thing is probably, you, you're probably doing all your training by yourself just based on how you can fit your training in. And often to do intensity by yourself is a harder task. So what do I need to do to make sure I'm setting up an environment that allows me to be intense in my training? So if you can, I don't know if you've got a workmate who's a good runner, can you set up a lunchtime run with them where you actually smack yourself out, you know, does using music help you? Does you know the measurement tools help you? Does being in certain places help you? Uh, how do you mentally prepare for your sessions? Do you you know it sounds like you've got such a busy life that it's, I just get out the door. Whereas maybe if I were to spend five minutes before a session thinking about objectives, mentally kind of visualizing those hard moments, there would be much more quality to the training that I do. And I, and I think that for you, it's a how do I get as much quality, but b how do I set up my life and my mind so that I can get it. Achieve that quality because mm-hmm. it's interesting. Me and the weights room, I've talked about this a lot this year. 
I've been trying to do more weights in my life in the last period of time, and I'm just not that mentally strong in weights, mm-hmm. um, and, and which is ironic, really, because my history was I started with weights, and I used to be really hard in the weights room, and I just kind of, you know, like you in the press-ups earlier, you know, you mm. got to the point, <laughs> you just stopped, yeah. and um, and so, you know, I'm a bit like that in the weights room, and so right now I'm exploring, well, how do I get harder in the weights room? And basically, mm. I need to I need to surround myself with people, because I know that if I get a training partner, if I ever you know, another guy at the gym, I'm going to work way harder. Mm. And so I'm really foolish not to use that if I'm trying to achieve an outcome. And I I think for you, that would be something really wise to think about is, okay, well, I need to have great quality of every session I have, but then how do I create a world where great quality is achieved more often? Uh, And just probably the one thing that, since I've had kids and life starts to get, you know, a bit more hectic is, the, the Wahoo kicker and then they don't sponsor me or anything or getting a smart trainer or something like that you can just get a lot more out of yourself on the bike than and also uh, there's that the with, with thing like and you can kicker. you can multitask you can but the kids can be running around screaming upstairs and you can be training the wife can be out so you're actually uh, it's a good use of time neglect the, <laughs> the kids great parenting but also um, there's not time lost in setup mm. you know because mm. often in a triathlon you lose half an hour every time you do a session because you're mm. mucking around getting your shoes getting your bike and all that Whereas, you know, if, if you've got that set up in your garage, even if you just bought an old second-hand bike that just sits mm. there. Yep. So, that, you know, you get downstairs, you know, what was an hour session, which actually took you an hour 20, you can get an hour 20 on the bike. So Absolutely. Things like that. So hopefully that helps. Johnny, let us know if you get that sub-12. Okay, Jumbo, uh, that's pretty much the show. Sponsors? Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our fantastic patrons. And you know who you are if you are a patron on the show. Thank you so much for being a patron. And if you're not, sharpen up. And you can be in the draw to join us in Kona. Which will be drawn in April next year. And yes, in April the 9th or the 10th. Or the 11th, is it? No, it's 8th, 9th, 10th. So in three days? Fr- Friday night, Saturday for the big bike ride, Sunday for so the So we're swimming Friday night. Mm. We're definitely doing it in the pool then. Mm. It's getting pretty dark in April, isn't it? No. Isn't it? We're fine. This is light right now. It's great. I get up. Oh, you went, went to the gym set up at like five in the morning. It was light. It's good. Okay, Jombo, what's your goss? <sighs> Had my first run since the marathon last night. How'd you go? Legs are still a bit sore. I've got to say, I don't want to harp on about this race last week because it was not my <laughs> finest, uh, finest hour and a half of work. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been as sore after that race as I was, and I really? only ran 23 Ks. I was a mess pretty much until probably about Friday. It's basically because my legs were preloaded, quads were killing me before the race, and then just smashed them again. God, I was sore. Insane. Outside of that, Bevan? Oh, yeah, night out with the, with the Pattersons. Went around to their place. Um, probably I was a bit sick, so it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it's just there. You had a three hour sleep before you turned up. Yeah. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't the the biggest night. Getting ready for the big house travel triathlon festival. Got my exams coming up as well for my little exams? study. It's it's yeah. what's your study process? How do you study? Um, Are you I, sorry, tip, uh, repetition guy. Yeah, but I don't do enough repetition at the moment. Ooh. That's the thing. It's um, I'm I'm not. Hey, there's so much to study, isn't there? There is. And these things, these topics, so like we're doing one thing, which is the, the human body, and you basically, it's it's just 101 level stuff, but yep. you're going through every single body system, so 11 body systems, yep. 
and you're covering that in a one-hour lecture. So, you know, there's a massive amount of content. You well, go, well each lecture, they do one system? One, one, one system. So you might do the digestive system or the cardiovascular system. And you do it in an system. hour. <laughs> so you have one hour, one hour lecture, plus you have a two-hour sort of tutorial and stuff, and then you're expected to do all the extra stuff as well in terms of learning. And there's just so much terminology to learn. Because that's we're, the problem, isn't it? It's not the, the understanding, it's the terminology. Exactly. We did the reproductive system last night. Yep. Uh, Reproduction. Reproduction. Movie. Yeah. No? Yes. Do yes. you do that one? Greece too. Uh, anyway, lots to learn, so I'm trying to do that, plus get ready for my race, uh, which we're organising on the 29th Okay, November. let's make a prediction. What percentage are you going to get in your exam? Uh, I reckon I'll probably get about 80, nice. 75, 75, What do you have to get to pass? I think it's only 50. Oh, sweet. See, get degrees, mate. Don't forget it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Don't forget it. You've always got that backup. See, <laughs> get degrees. The Bevan Isles <laughs> mantra. Did you know? Yeah, I was at university. Yeah, I was just always saying C's, get degrees. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Outside of that, um, cup day today, so I've got to put a little flutter down. Actually, oh, did you do the Melbourne Cup? We did. I even got the app and I got set myself up a TAB account and everything. Whole family had horses. Thankfully, Belinda backed the second place get it. Oh, nice. So we, we only lost $2 overall. Didn't the winner pay out like 100 bucks or something? I think it did do pretty well. Yeah, it was a big mm. payout, yeah. And then Cup Day on Saturday for us. We big go day for Have you got your, your suits ready? You got my suit. Your bought, bought a little, suit? Yeah, got my little, I got a little uh, thing to go on like my a hanky? suit. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. one of those the other day as well. Wow, you new really sh- are stupid. New shirt, new shirt and new tie. Where'd you get that from? Barkers. Oh, you're back, you're back uh, yeah. I went to Barkers every day. I'd say they're pretty reasonably priced. You never pay full price at Barkers. Yeah, because I haven't been to Barkers for years, and we were just in the restart mall. Mm. We just went out for lunch on Friday, and we checked it out, and they had like a suit package. Mm. It was a suit, tie, and it was like 300 bucks. I thought that was pretty reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Outside of that, uh, not too much. Bevan? Oh, you asked me at the wrong time. Keep talking. Oh, keep talking. House Travel Triathlon Festival, another plug. 29th of November. Some somebody selfishly is not doing the MCing. So I've, I've got a very good replacement. Though. Well, I was going to say because I probably could do it now, but that's okay. You've got a replacement. Brian Ashby. He'll, oh, he's he'll great. Sh- he'll show you. Yeah, he's a good man. He'll show you how it's done. Brian yeah. and Ken. Yeah. They're the new. Yeah, they're great. Yep. Well, well, it's, it's, it's still as. Uh, no, no, I was going to say it's no, it was the was the BJ, BJ DJ, DJ BJ. And, and MC Ken. Yeah, it was. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I probably, could, probably could do it now, but why's that? Oh, because because the summer start is on. Yeah. And they've given us a tent to put up there and, you know, do it. And we're, we're, we're quite involved with the summer starter, but we just decided we can't bother doing it on a day. <laughs> That's the attitude. <laughs> well, because it's going to be a lot of effort and we're like, uh, there's no real value in it for us, just, you know, other than just to be there for people who talk to us. So yep. There's no real business value in us being there. So we're thinking, you know what? Let's have a day off. You come and watch the triathlon. There you go. Spectate. Maybe I'll race it. What, yeah. what's, what's elite happening? Cup. You and Phil and Ada. What's happening? Oh, he kill me. What's happening? <laughs> what's the Elite Cup? It's the Elite Cup. Double super sprint uh, draft legal race. Handicap start for the females. Can I start with the handicap females? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think they're probably going to have nine minutes in the boys. Not many girls racing. But uh, yeah, should be a good race as always. I'm looking forward to this year. I've brought in a kids five to eight year olds race. I'm looking forward to that. It's so much fun watching the little kids race. What are they, what, so what, what, they swim? They'll, there's a beach like there, they'll wade, wade along the beach. Hopefully, we'll encourage them to swim, but they have, they have the option of wading, and then they bike, I think it's nearly three kilometres, and then run. Probably just five-year-olds? Yeah, then run, run about nine, 900 metres. Yeah. Nice. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Do you know what I had on the weekend, John? What? The Les Mills Christmas party. Oh, goodness. The members party? Yeah. Yeah. Masquerade, I don't like masquerade. Do you like masquerade? I haven't done it before, but no. Oh, I don't like the mask thing. 
And so lots of everybody hitting on the instructors as per usual? No, well, not not on me, but I left pretty early. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really that keen on partying hard. They did the, um, the Tenere. It's a funny spot, the Tenere, to have a function because it's long. Have you been to the Tenere? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they had it there. Um, Amazing building. Yeah, pretty cool. Amazing. But it's, did you ever go there? Okay, I go to the pub there a couple of times. Oh, the pub's good. Yeah. Yeah, the pub's good. But, and the, uh, but the actual shops are bit Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's, it's very Christchurch-centric. Mm. Uh, this is a high-class international show. I'd tell you. What, what, what happened, what, the one good thing about the Les Mills Christmas party, the ham on the bone. Right. <laughs> because they had food, and they had really good food. And there was a guy there, just like, you know, like at, like at buffet, mm. and just ham off the bone all night, yeah. John. So I wasn't really talking to anyone except by the ham. But a swine. Do you like a bit of ham off the bone? I do. Do you have your pig on a spit? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Pig on a spit. You should organise a pig on the spit for the 10-year anniversary. But what, how much would that cost? Don't know. Maybe we should. <laughs> I love a pig on a spit. There's something raw about it too. It's like medieval times, eh? Yeah. You know, you just got the pig turning around. Okay. How long does it take to cook a pig on a spit? Must be a while. Don't know. Actually, we've had uh, somebody offered to... And, uh, we're not Cook a pig on a spit. spit? No, we had um, a listener. I've got, I will say the email. He's a butcher, and he's offered to send us down um, sausages and stuff like that for, for, a, for a barbecue at your place. So, flag Game a pig on. on the spit. Game on. I'm not sure. Well, I'm keen to have a barbie here, but depending on how many people come. Oh, there's only be 60 or 70. We're not going to have that many, are we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking 10 to 12. I did look on the list, and there's a lot on the list. It was, it was, it was about a good 30 or 40 on the yeah, list of interest. Come on. Everyone goes, oh, you're bikini. And then you go, okay, sign up. Oh, you're busy that weekend. Come on, people. Come to Christchurch. We'll be happy to fun because you get to hang out with us. Exactly. Uh, what else has been happening? John James Bond's out this week. Mm-hmm. But I'm going, I'm going to Taipei. That's what's happening. Going to Taipei. Um, any other goss? No. You running? Yeah, we're 17k mm-hmm. with Joe on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I'm kind of doing a bit of everything right now. Mm-hmm. Did a 17k run? Just not so much swimming. Swimming. Uh, swimming. Mm. Why would you swim? Swimming's fantastic. Why, if you, if, unless you're doing triathlon, why would you swim? Ah, oh, it's just good for you. It feels good. Uh, Save money on having a shower at home as well. Oh, that's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can think of. <laughs> uh, I don't know swimming. The day I gave up triathlon, it's the last time. I, I swam a couple of times since. Mm-hmm. you got to get ready for the um, aquathon next year, the wetsuit aquathon. Blue 70 wetsuit aquathon car. Oh, I've given up hopes. I've won it once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like Ferris Al Sultan. Yeah. You know, hey, I've won this thing once. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to prove myself. Somebody in this room needs to win it. I don't need to win it. I've won it once. Oh, so, so. Okay, John, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Trainer. Train smart. Kia car. Team, just to let you know, Bevan here, I've just come back quickly. Joe just did the press-ups. She did 40. So Newsom, sharpen up.